Talking Leaders is a Voquinexus production. We help leaders who want people to really hear what they have to say. Why is it that when we interview experts, they always struggle to come up with stories to illustrate the points they're trying to make? Okay, so you've interviewed a bunch of these experts. Yeah, lots, and, lots of them, hundreds. And when you ask them about a particular insight that they've had into the universe, mm. they're often very excited to share this. Yep. And they say, oh, well, the thing you really need to know about this is such and such. Yep. And they say it in a very animated way, and they say it in a very sincere way that implies that they've discovered something that is not immediately obvious to the rest of the world because they've devoted their time to this aspect of whatever. And so that's very exciting. That's something that you want to kind of share and have out. When they do that, you usually ask, can I have an example of where you've applied this? Yep. Do you have a story right. to illustrate that? Right. And so when you do that, and you've done this a bunch, do they just come out and say, yep, and here's the quintessential example. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Almost never. Uh, so much so that I know now that they go to struggle. So that's that's why it's one of the reasons that we have the pre-interview discussion so that we can talk about what they're going to talk about and the general messages that they want to put over. And then I say about 50 times in the pre-interview chat, you will need to provide me with stories. Do you have any stories? Do you have any examples? And I give them about 48 hours to think of some because they really find it very hard to do it. And it's not that that there aren't any stories that uh, uh, they've, you know, experiences that they've had which have led them to make the conclusions that they, they're presenting. It's just that they find it difficult to remember what those situations were, what those stories were, what those experiences were that informed them about how the world works in a, in a sort of more generalised way. Um, and yeah, and if you just do it cold, if you go straight into an interview without any prep and you ask for questions, it's it's very, very rare where someone will come out and say, yeah, I've got a great example of that. And if they do, I can think of a couple of occasions where that has happened. It's because they are so used to talking about this that they've got the stories all lined up. They've remembered them and they've got them all down pat. But most people who are experts in a subject now can't do that, really struggle. Right. So when they try to come up with an example, so they're really excited and they want to share this point, And then you ask them to come up with an example. And it's like you've completely killed the buzz and the tempo of the interview, because what happens? They go, um, oh, yeah. Um, oh, and they'll struggle and they'll stumble. And then maybe at best, they'll come up with an example that isn't really that strong and as they're going through they realize it's not that strong so they try and sort of force it to fit the example and it doesn't really work and they're trying to remember the details Faldo just comes straight say no I can't think of any examples and the thing is when they say that it immediately uh, sort of destroys their credibility you're an expert well how do you know this then if you can't think of a single example of where it's happened and it is hard. It is hard. I remember one guy in particular, I remember doing the prep with one guy, and he was really, really conscientious. And he got it straight away. He said, oh, yeah, no, that's really good. So we had picked out four or five key points that he was going to make. 
and he said i'll be ready and what he told me later was that he went away and he he spent an hour and a half with his manager and said i'm doing this interview and these are the points i want to raise and uh, i just need to come up with some examples can we maybe brainstorm some and uh, they did and he said it was really hard work now these two guys really know their stuff i mean it was a great interview in the end and the stories that he gave and the examples that he gave were super but he said that was he said it was really hard to come up with these real examples not made up ones actual real things that happened that illustrated uh, the points it's really really common uh, it's not it's not that there's just one or two people who just haven't got it all and maybe they're faking it. it's nothing to do with that these people are expert they really do know their stuff um it's just that they find it hard to come up with the stories yeah so what's going on here when you so you've experienced this a bunch of times with a number of different people yep. and so when it happens or when it when it first happened what was your personal reaction as an interviewer did you think okay, this person is a fraud, this person is not an expert, we have to find someone who really knows what they're talking about. Was that the impression that you got? No, no, I don't think I ever thought that. Um, I, I think I just thought maybe it was it was Mike Fright, you know, that they were a bit spooked by the interview or spooked by the situation and it was nerves and that the, the mind just went blank. Um, but then it happened over and over again. Yeah, it happened over and over, and it happened with people who I really didn't think were that nervous. And then I thought, well, is it just a case that, that they've got so used to teaching the idea that they've forgotten the, the examples? And that's that's closer to what I think happens. And then I read an article a couple of years ago by a guy called Charles Scalfani, which was on Medium. And uh, it was it was entitled, Why Experts Make Bad Teachers. It caught my eye. And when I read that, it's about, teaching and why they they, aren't, they don't teach so well. But in it, as he's laying out his reasons for why they make bad teachers, it made me think, actually, that's why they can't come up with stories. Or maybe it's why. It's a good theory. And his theory is that experts are people who really do know their subject and can, can give generalized advice that people can use in lots of situations. And, and in order to do that, what they do is they draw upon their experience and then they derive what he calls abstractions. They create models which the, all the experiences that they have conform to, to a greater or lesser extent. And that makes them say, okay, well, in this situation, this is what happens. These are the things that work. These are the things that don't work. And those abstractions are made up of lots of experiences and lots of stories. And he doesn't say this, but thinking it through and listening to the stories that I have had from experts, a lot of those experiences maybe only partially contribute to the model. Then they're not they're not a perfect illustration, but they nonetheless reinforce it to some degree. So over time, they begin to think, okay, well, uh, you know, give give one example. Um, remember, one guy was talking about the way to take notes when you're dealing with government meetings when you're with with uh, ministry officials, right? And he said that he discovered that the way to take notes is not to write down general impressions or ideas or thoughts for the future, but is to actually take down important things verbatim, actually write down what they say. Because the general points you'll probably remember, uh, the things to think about later, they're important, but you probably won't lose those. The most important thing is to um, write down specific quotes now, I had given him the warning beforehand in the in the pre-meeting, I'm going to need an example 
about that. And in the pre-meeting, you went, oh, yeah, it's just that I do it all the time, so it always works. And I said, yep, but you're going to have to give me, John, you're going to have to give me a real example. Anyway, he came back, and uh, he'd remembered one. He'd spoken to somebody. He'd remembered one where they'd been in a meeting, and uh, they'd come out of the meeting, and there was confusion as to what they were actually supposed to do, what the, the officials wanted them to do. And the majority of the people there said, oh, they want us to do this. And John said, I don't think they do. If you if you listen to exactly what they said, they said this. And he read it out, and there it was. And it wasn't saying you have to do this. It was saying you could, but it, we're not going to force you. And he said, so we decided we wouldn't do it, and everything was fine. And that was a, that was a great example. But he really had to work very hard to remind himself about it. His default position was, well, it's always like that. And mm -hmm. that's, that, I think, explains it. The trouble with it is, and this is something that Scalfani talks about as well, actually, you need to make things concrete. You can't really teach people in the abstract because it doesn't have that much meaning to them. But the minute you can give, he talks about analogies, but I, you know, we prefer stories. The minute you can give real examples, it just, it just bursts into life and becomes so much more relevant. Um, that uh, that it, you know it's, it, it's absolutely necessary. That's why I insist on it. Yeah. So the stories, the really good stories, have the really good impact, yeah. and I think that that's a big driver of why podcasting can be so effective. Is that these really good stories have this really good impact? Yeah. But it seems like what you have found is that these stories are not immediately accessible to the expert. No. They're not there right off the top but they still exist yeah it's not like they're inventing these stories these stories are real they happened but they're not immediately accessible yeah it, it takes some work to find it yeah yeah so have you found a way to help people through this how do how do people then find these stories so they can share them with you on the podcast. Well, as I say, the, the, the common way to do it is just to give them a warning, you know, give them a heads up and say, I do it but even before we have the pre-meeting. I write to them and say, okay, we're going to have the pre-meeting and we'll talk about what do you know, what, do you, what are the points you want to put across, and we're going to want to talk about stories. And then in the pre-meeting I say, we're going to need stories. And every time they make a point, well, I think I want to teach the fact that it's always good to use a red pen rather than a blue pen. Okay, you're going to need an example of where using a blue pen didn't work or using a red pen really did work, whatever. And, and so you just remind them and remind them and remind them. And... And that that works for most people, and they and most people admit they find it hard, but they do come up with, with uh, with something. Interestingly, just as an aside, what also happens is once they're in the interview and they start talking to me and they we have the conversation and we get into it, a very common experience is we'll get to the end of the interview and they'll say, "Oh, I've just sort of have some really good stories." And okay. I just thought I just thought of a really great example for that thing I couldn't do before, and that's okay because I allow for that because I know that that can happen. So I say that's okay. Let's just do that bit again, and so they'll talk about it. And that's that's actually doesn't happen all the time, but but it's it's not an infrequent occurrence that um, we'll get to the end. It looks like we haven't got all the stories we need, or maybe we haven't even got any. And then suddenly somebody will come up with something. There was one guy in particular who I went through this whole process with. Uh, he 
written to him saying needed stories, spoke in the pre-interview about stories. We got into the meeting. He And he really, really could not get off the conditional. I'd say, well, you know, what happens in those situations? Well, what I would do and, and what normally would happen? I'd say, OK, but can you think of an example where that happened? And he had, he had masses of experience. He'd actually been one of these government officials that was on this same project again. He'd actually been one of these people doing this stuff from the other side. So he, it was his work day in, day out. He really struggled. And I interviewed him for an hour and 15 minutes. And he could say some good stuff, but all abstract, all abstract. Okay. And then right near the end, he got quite animated on a topic. And he was particularly animated about the idea of companies, because this, this is pharmaceutical companies going to agencies, bringing a whole gaggle of people to a meeting and then half of them or more not saying anything. And that used to annoy him. You brought these experts and you haven't given them any chance to speak. And for some reason that really you know, got under his skin. He was quite a placid guy up until then. And he got quite annoyed about it. And I said, oh, really? And, and he said, yeah. And even before I could say it, he said, yeah. And I remember this one time and he gave me this fantastic story. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, wow. So it has crossed my mind that maybe I need to just get them wound up in some way, and that might then then uh, elicit a story. But I've, I've not used it as a technique uh, since then. <laughs> just get them riled up, and then they'll they'll finally, you know, say what they really want to say. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> some people, there have been a couple of occasions where I've interviewed people who are coaches, and they... They can. Uh, they have another way of dealing with this in that uh, they tend not to give. Sometimes they can give stories that have informed their own learning. But what they have access to, which can also be just as useful, is they'll say, um, "You know, I taught this in a class, and uh, this guy took this this on, and then later on he told me how he'd applied it, and it had worked in that way, and it was really good. That that can work. Uh, I find those aren't as powerful as the personal experiences, but it's a story and it's an illustration, so. It works. Yeah, I, I agree that I think that when you are listening to a firsthand story about what I actually experienced and people are saying, and this is what happened and this is how I felt, those have the very most impact mm. because you're, you're right there with them. Mm. Mm. And it's easy to kind of see their perspective and share that mm. when they say, and I was just so happy that you know, this finally happened after years and we were able to put it into place and it worked even better than we thought. Yeah. You know, those are yeah. those are great stories to yeah. hear. Yeah. 